Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. My name is Jesse, and I am your host over here on the podcast. Over here on Chronically Healing, we talk about all things chronic illness, invisible illness, spirituality, um, and everything that comes along with your healing journey through life, whether you have chronic illness, invisible illness, or you're just someone who is trying to find the best way to live. So today on the podcast, I have Anna and Dana Pennenberg. Today's episode shows their journey as a mother and daughter duo going through the scary and confusing side of invisible illness. Basically, in high school, Dana started experiencing debilitating symptoms, which later turned out to be just an awful case of Lyme disease and fibromyalgia and other chronic and invisible symptoms and issues that she talks about more in this episode. The two went on a journey through all versions of medicine and healing modalities, trying to find something that would help Dana get better. During this episode, we also chat a lot about the book that Anna wrote, which is called Dancing in the Narrows, that just came out, and it's all about their journey together. Now, both women are healers in their own space, creating a better world for us all. So I do want to let you guys know there are a few little bits and bobs throughout this episode where the audio isn't perfect. Unfortunately, that's like kind of what happens when you are doing Zoom videos. It's really awesome because I get to connect with people all over the world, but sometimes Zoom just picks up on weird outside noise. It's nothing to the point that makes it um, not listenable, though, but I do want to just point it out that there are a couple of points where... um, where the Zoom gets a little funky, but I hope that you'll still listen in. Just ignore it and keep going, and you're going to love Anna and Dana's story. So without further ado, let's jump in. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. Today on the show, I have Anna and Dana. Welcome for welcome to the show, and thank you for joining me today. So happy to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Of course. So I don't have two guests on at one time very often. So do you guys mind kind of just introducing yourselves separately and then how you know each other because they don't know yet? (laughs) So I'm Anna Pennenberg and um, Dana's my daughter. And we we went on a very long journey of uh, chronic illness uh, together. Mm -hmm. And I've written a book called Dancing in the Narrows, which has our adventures in it. And that's, uh, that's what we'll be talking about today. And I'm Dana, I'm her daughter. And um, yeah, the story details a very, over a decade long healing journey that we went through and, and um, various experiences we had through the medical system and different modalities of healing that we encountered on the pursuit of healing. And uh, I now have, have my own practice where um, I went and studied with some of my practitioners. And what I do is a combination of modalities, energetic and somatically focused. Perfect. I'm so excited because I think I'm excited to talk about the book and your journey. And I'm also excited to kind of dip into a little bit of these modalities that you're talking about because I think, I think they're super interesting. And... Um, and things that I want to learn more about and take part in. And I'm sure some of the listeners do too. So I'm excited to talk about that too, but do you want to kind of go through some of your story and, and how that ties into your book and even explain to the audience what the chronic illness is that you are dealing with? We can kind of just dive right into your stories. Uh, Well, we were going along in life. Dana was uh, by this time a sophomore in high school and she just seemed to be slowing down and had some symptoms that weren't really that explainable or noticeable. Mm -hmm. And then she had sort of a flu. And after that, she didn't recover. And it it went on a very long diagnostic search. Uh, You know, doctors thought she was a 16 year old with uh, mono Epstein-Barr and she'll be better in a couple of months and it proceeded along and that was not the case. She did not get better and um, we were on a big search for what was going on with her. She, um, 
she didn't continue in uh, school. So she was out for a whole term at, of 10th grade and um, things just proceeded to get more symptoms and worse. And it took us a year and a half to get uh, a legitimate Lyme disease diagnosis. And by then Dana was pretty far along in this chronic illness. And we'd already done, uh, we, we pretty much had to move outside of Western medicine because she was still very uncomfortable and very ill. And even though they were willing to call it fibromyalgia mm. and prescribe sleep medication and pain medication, I felt that this is not a way to live for the rest of her life. And so we kept searching and kept trying and we went into Chinese herbs and that did some, some help, but um, you know, it wasn't really resolving. And so we continued along and we got the Lyme disease diagnosis. And then we went to a Lyme literate doctor Mm-hmm. who was accustomed to working with people who had longer term cases and considered chronic Lyme. And so she went on a protocol of uh, using two antibiotics at the same time for a total of nine months, three months each of these combo uh, antibiotics. And that along with other supplements and things really didn't actually help her either. She really didn't get well. And I'm going to yeah, turn, it think, over, yeah. turn it over to you. I, I think we both had this idea of what true healing would look like and that we would get to the root of it. We would unravel it. I would be better and I would feel myself again. Mm-hmm. What we encountered in Western medicine was okay, I would get a name for what my symptoms are, like fibromyalgia is just a name for this group of symptoms. And the best that they could offer me was medication, either painkillers, sleeping pills, or antidepressants. And um, when we were just offered a solution of antidepressants, it was very frustrating because I was like, you know, this didn't start with depression, but now I am just, depressed because I've lost my whole life and you know I've been sick for months and I've lost all my abilities and my routine so obviously I was depressed but that wasn't the cause of what was making me sick and we both felt that in our guts that like we're not getting to it and when we ultimately got the diagnosis of Lyme disease, and it said on the blood test, these are the infections that I have. It was uh, Borrelia, which is the Lyme, spirochete, and then uh, a few co-infections, Babesia, Bartonella, and Mycoplasma. So we, you know, we were rejoicing, okay, there's an actual source of what's making me sick. There's these infections we can point the finger at, and (laughs) and now we know how to treat it. And um, and then when we got to the Lyme doctor, he assessed me and he looked, um, you know, he tested my nervous system and said I was in the top 10% worst cases he'd ever seen. I w- it affected uh, my central nervous system and brain, um, which is the deepest level of infection. Mm-hmm. And and so we did. We agreed. I, I hadn't ever really experienced antibiotics in this way before. I, I was brought up on herbs and homeopathics and organic food, thanks to my mother. Um, so the, it was new, and but I agreed to it if that's what it took to kill the infections and get better. Mm-hmm. Um, we went on this nine month protocol of various combination antibiotics to target all the infections and it just continued to get worse either the same or worse and i couldn't turn that corner that they kept telling us about they never got through it uh and then we we kind of circled back around to alternative modalities and orthomolecular medicine different types of uh, 
infusions of vitamins and amino acids and um, some ozone therapy. None of that really got me to feel better. Um, and when I started getting worse again, we went back to the kind of Western LLMD approach. And I went on IV antibiotics, which was what they originally suggested for me. Um, and so we said, okay, you know, we'll give it a try. It's the one thing I haven't done. So I have to do it to know. And ultimately I continued to decline on that treatment. And five months later, I was so sick that I had severe pain in my liver and in my brain. And the doctor, you know, had an ambulance ready for me. And I just said, you know, they're not gonna know what to do with me. That's gonna be way more stressful than what I'm currently experiencing. So at that point I decided to take myself off of that medication go see um, a doctor using biological medicine and a lot of detox therapies in Kansas. And, and we had a far infrared sauna that we use daily and we had a detox foot spa mm -hmm. that pulled things out of her body. And we then went into this wonderful approach of using dietary medicine and, uh, so we went on some different diets. It, kind of, yeah, the, the doctor in Kansas, he helped me kind of detox from the substances my body was, was having to process. But on that antibiotic treatment, I, I was the sickest I'd ever been. I was allergic to everything suddenly. And uh, with something so complex as chronic Lyme disease, the, the infections, treating it with antibiotics you can't really get to all of them and sometimes it drives the infections deeper and that there are infections called stealth infections so they can hide and they can change forms so it kind of felt like my body was becoming more toxic and more deeply infected mm -hmm. so ultimately when the doctor in kansas couldn't i, I had three visits to him and he couldn't help me beyond that. I wasn't feeling that much better, but better that I wasn't on all these medications anymore. And which, which I just want to point out was when we got there, they did a genetic test on Dana's blood and discovered that many of the pharmaceuticals that she was on were, uh, she was allergic to sulfur drugs and various other ones. And they were targeted to killing and treating some of the infections. The problem was her body couldn't deal with them. And yeah. so she actually got very, very swollen. We had an oxygen generator for her to breathe with, and it got very dire. And so, and just she couldn't tolerate much sound or light. And so things were pretty bad. So the detoxing helped, but it wasn't the cure. Mm. And uh, then we moved into a whole phase of medicinal yeah, diet. Yeah, experimentation with diet. And uh, I did, I started treating with injections of, of placenta extract, and that actually it helped my symptoms a little bit. And then I did some treatment with frequency um, with something called ACT, advanced cell training. And that kind of, it helped me a, a bit and my body was able to purge with that process because we would target the infections, specific infections with frequency. And when he targeted the stealth infections, my body had a big release. And, um, and then ultimately and I plateaued with that. We continued to experiment moving more and more towards the energetic modalities because uh, it was too burdensome on my body to process the, the physical substances. And also with the frequency devices, 
when we use those like a Rife machine or microcurrent, um, those just the EMFs of it mm. were uncomfortable for her. And so while it might've been healing, it was also irritating to her system. So we didn't do well with those. Yeah, I would sometimes have adverse responses to the um, electronic frequency devices. Um, we owned a, because somewhere in our journey, we purchased this uh, kind of off the grid device, which was a huge magnet the size of her torso. And it had 400 gauze, uh, that was the, the magnet frequency. Mm -hmm. So a couple of, like about a foot and a half off the table. So she would lie in it and her inflammation would come down. And that was the only thing that we could find through oral medicine or anything that would actually help with the inflammation. So Dana- that magnet, I will give that credit magnet, uh, that magnet, <laughs> I will give that magnet credit for getting me through high school. I would wake up really early in the morning, do an hour on the magnet, then get a few okay hours at school, then I come back home at lunch, do a bit of a magnet treatment, go back to school for another couple of hours. Wow. What happened? So what were some of the, you've mentioned like some energetic modalities too that really helped. Can you talk to those too? Yeah. So throughout the illness, I did craniosacral therapy with um, Gary Strauss in Topanga and I was going to see him and it was extremely helpful for the nervous system and Lyme really affects and it, it kind of lives in the central nervous system so it's really irritating all the time in the nervous system it's, and the whole journey of getting well kind of puts you on alert and in that fight or flight mode um, so that would really help calm me and, and help my system naturally unwind. And um, I ultimately went and studied with him after I graduated college. I came back home and I studied with Gary and it was so illuminating for me. It had carried me through all those years, um, but going in and studying it took it to the next level or I was able to understand why all those other treatment methods weren't quite working mm -hmm. and all the ways that it disempowered my system, whether it was like, you know, it's sort of like putting the body on manual where you're putting in substances to do the job for it. And sometimes you need that. But ultimately, long term, how do you empower the self healing processes? And that's what craniosacral supports and speaks to is um, giving the, the whole system space to naturally unwind and empowering those innate self healing processes. And you also did a Holy Fire Reiki master training. Yeah. With a woman who had Lyme disease. That was- When I was in college, I did an internship in New York and I just picked up a flyer at a yoga studio and saw that there was a weekend Reiki one training and thought it sounded interesting. I had had Reiki before one time, but it was still kind of mysterious to me. Um, and I went to the, the first meeting and we sat in a circle and the teacher introduced herself. She said, she talked about her journey getting into Reiki and that she'd used it to recover from chronic Lyme disease. And so instantly I was intrigued and I was like, wow, she understands me. And, and that is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of meeting someone who understands you. Um, when you're going through something like this, which is so invisible to everybody else. Um, and I, yeah, I went through the whole training with her through to the master level over a couple of years. And she's a Korean finder. She's continued to be a wonderful mentor and source of friendship and support 
Um, so yeah, that the Reiki, it's, um, it's a beautiful energy. It's a universal life force energy and just kind of puts you in that state of love and, you know, it's very nurturing and supportive. Love that. So how are, how are you feeling now? Do you feel like, how's life now? <laughs> so life now, and it's, um, it's interesting as we're talking about it, there's been like way more to the story and uh, there are just all these different chapters. Yeah. Uh, but when I, when I got home, well, kind of, what carried me through college was uh, still kind of a natural, naturopathic approach to treating Lyme disease. So still using natural substances um, and a lot of supplements and things like that. And um, I was away. I was away across the country from my family in Vermont. So when I got back, we felt more comfortable trying something else because ultimately it didn't quite get me to turn the corner either. It just kind of sustained me. Um, and when I got back, we decided to, because it, w it was costing a lot of money to pay for all those medications and it was still causing this burden on my body to process it. Um, so we, we decided to revisit constitutional homeopathy. And I work with a wonderful homeopath who has experience with Lyme. And when I had done it before, the practitioner gave me the wrong remedies. I had no results with it. Um, but this woman, she understands my constitution. She's been giving me the, the appropriate remedy and it's allowed me, again, it's an energetic modality. Mm -hmm. um, she says it's like the blueprint to your system. And uh, so it's allowed me to streamline things and get off of a lot of those substances. Uh, it's also put me through a process of detoxing those substances, even though they were natural. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the healing process you go through with homeopathy is a retracing. So you kind of revisit uh, previous kind of symptom pictures of the illness or different points in the history of the illness. You re-experience them as they come up and out of you. Um, so the system is able to release all of that and it works on the physical, the emotional, all those levels. So it is a true kind of release and, and that feeling that we were more drawn to instead of covering, as opposed to covering things up with medication. It's like my system is, is able to release, it's able to come to its own homeostasis and find its its own balance, activate my, my own self-healing processes. I'm interested, what was it like being a mom to a daughter that is going through these horrible, horrible just pain and, and things that, that are happening to her and you don't really know what's going on? Yeah, it was really scary and uh, it was very challenging. And, you know, we just had to blaze our own path pretty much. Um, you know, my goal for her was to, to not live like this. This was not a good plan. So we had to go, we had to question everything and I had to be pretty clear minded and focused and, um, you know, most people, for some reason, still think California, you know, this is not where you could get a tick bite or get Lyme disease, but that isn't even true. But so what was happening, this was 2007 or eight, and uh, most people didn't really know, even the doctors 
what to be doing with you. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of disbelief that she even had this. Um, so I really had to like do my yoga and my meditation and stay like, we're doing this, we're going to figure it out on the internet a lot, uh, doing my research. Um, it just was, you know, it was an adventure. And, you know, you, you do see this in my book where we, we get in the car even and we're driving through four national parks to get somewhere to help her nervous system but we're trying to have some experience that's fun while we're doing it and Dana had been in the living room by then for a year and a half and she was so tired of those four walls so she's like let's drive and uh, I couldn't stop her she's a very determined woman and uh, a girl at the time And so I'm like, well, you know, everybody's going to the prom and having a good time. And Dan and I are going to just be Thelma and Louise and get in the car, Mm -hmm. you know, and just find our own way. So we did that. Dana didn't get out of the car much, but she took a lot of pictures and saw a lot of scenery. And we had some really treasured times because we were challenged and yet we were bonding. Hmm. And I think yeah, I remember that that I would Thelma and Louise was my favorite movie at that time. I was reading On the Road, and we, we drove through five national parks. Hmm. And uh, the incredible thing was that because we took the car, we were then able to come home with the magnet plate that we wouldn't have been able to fly with. So it was very divine. <laughs> Yeah, it so, ended up working out for the best. <laughs> right. But there was this one time when the car wouldn't start, and I finally had a, you know, kind of a reckoning with myself, like, what are you doing with this ill child? You know, like, what happens if the car doesn't get moving again, you know? And we were in, like, a remote place, and, and I was like, it's going to work. It's going to be fine. And thankfully, it actually was fine the rest of the trip. And I, of course, had it all checked out before we left. But, you know, it was a little um, risky what I was doing. And, uh, and magical at the same time. I love that. So do you mind telling us a little bit about your book, too? Because obviously it includes a lot of this journey. But I'm interested to hear what, what all your book is about. So it's really about hope and challenging times. Um, We often have something that changes our basic plan that we think we're on and takes us in a different direction. And I think you, you learn a lot about yourself and you get stretched and the closeness in your family hopefully gets increases. And even if you disagree and, but you're together on this and, um, you know, having someone in your family's life challenged is, is really a major focus. So it's, it's really about transformation. It's about, you know, what, what a mother might do given a challenge like that and, um, how to, how to stay in your life in challenging times in a way that's still, that you're still living your life you're still enjoying your life, even if it boils down to picking a flower from the garden and bringing it in because it's Dana's favorite flower and it bloomed, you know, that you, that you need to keep up things every day. And oddly enough, we're in this incredible time right now with COVID that has changed people's lives. So I found that just really amazing timing for my book to be coming out because at first I thought, oh no, my book's coming out and everything in the book industry seems different. And then I was like, wow, there's so many parallels to what I went through and I was at home a lot. And, you know, um, the, the sort of the, the trauma of just that kind of challenge, aside from the illness itself, just what's it like to be more isolated and then come out of that. And, um, So the book actually starts with me growing up and my interest in dance and movement and how I became 
a therapist. And so I had an open mind beyond, um, I believe very much in the body and its ability to heal and emotionally recover. And so I think uh, when we ran into not being able to get answers for how to treat this condition that Dana had, um, I was willing to look beyond. And uh, while it was a fairly solo journey, there were many angels in our, our lives along the way and special people who really, you know, supported what we were doing and saw us and came at the right time even. So one of, one of which Dana and I were just talking about this morning, uh, a woman named Christy who, who uh, interviewed Dana for college. And meanwhile, she's like on the couch and she really believed in Dana and she got Dana's scholarship to Bennington College and Dana couldn't, wasn't ready to go when, uh, after her year of, um, you know, de deferring. And so she got her a second deferral with the scholarship and it was, and brought her books and came and visited. And, uh, you know, it was, it was absolutely what Dana needed to do when she finally got to Bennington, have that experience in her life and discover herself as a young woman and a dancer and um, and have the movement, the dance department there was really amazing. And to have a place for her to feel herself in her body while healing this illness, which was, you know, making her feel like not wanting to be so connected to her body. And uh, you might want to add to that, Dana. Yeah, I mean, well, we didn't mention that, but I, I was a dancer before I got sick, and um, I was in a pretty rigorous program. I was dancing like over 20 hours a week, and it was very conflicting at the soul level when I got sick and I couldn't move my body, um, and I would, like, I was sort of trying to figure out if I can't do that, what can I do, and I experimented with lots of different ways that I could channel my energy and uh, I even tried knitting because I, I had a new baby sister that was born and I tried knitting from home and knit her a blanket and I got started with that and ultimately my hands hurt too much to even knit and <laughs> it was just crushing um so i lost many of my abilities uh, even cognitive abilities to track storylines and books and movies and, um but yeah when i got to bennington i was a bit better at that point and the dance department there had had such a different approach it was more based in improvisation and experiential anatomy, so understanding the physiology through movement. Um, so it was less of, about a form being imposed on my body and more about finding out how to inhabit it. And um, it, it did ultimately inform the work that I do now and understanding of the body and how to empower the self-healing processes, how to come back to the lived experience rather than, you know, like it was a form, through dance it was a, a movement form that was imposed on the body and it was a medicine, it could be a substance that's imposed on the body, but how do you awaken from the inside? It sort of all connects it. Mm -hmm. back to that. So Dana, I'm interested to hear too, in the beginning you had mentioned um, what you do for a living, what you do now, and I'm interested to hear more about that. And then also if, if this chronic illness, chronic Lyme journey kind of brought you to this space or if it was your mom or what, what brought you to what you do now? Yeah. Um, 
I think that there were many moments where I felt so defeated by the illness and, you know, I saw other people getting better and that they had tried this thing that got them better and then they could go and help people. And I, I thought, oh, you know, nothing has done that for me. Like there isn't that one thing that I can point to that I can then turn around and help other people with. Like I felt like for so long, I felt like I had nothing to offer. But when I started studying these modalities and experiencing them more in depth, I felt like, oh, finally, there's something here that I can stand behind and that I, I truly believe is uh, for, you know, offering the type of healing that I was searching for. Um, and, you know, not just covering something up or not kind of disempowering the system in various ways, um, but accessing the innate healing. Um, and so, yeah, what I do now is a combination of craniosacral and Reiki. Um, so Reiki, it's, it's an energy that kind of goes into the body. It's a little bit activating um, and it works with the subtle body and the chakra system. Um, so it's, it's kind of activating, it's a force. And then, whereas craniosacral, when I then came around to studying that, it was profound in the sense of it's, I'm not doing anything or I have no agenda really. I'm not um, putting something into the body, even in energy. What I'm doing is listening at a very nuanced and sophisticated level to the rhythms of the energy field. And I'm following the system in its natural process of unwinding. And it really puts a person in the parasympathetic mode where the system can do its own repair. And, um, you know, in life, we, we get wound up. Gary would say this, life winds us up. And then when we get on the table, we unwind. Um, but it's a very opposite state of, of what our society puts us in. And um, you there's a space to experience and to be heard in ways that we never get. Just to kind of be met emotionally, physically, and energetically where we are so that the system naturally unwinds and goes through its healing process and makes this sort of organic resolution. Um, it's, it's a radical trust in the system and so yeah there's that and then i i also add to that somatic processing so i kind of track sensation in the body um to facilitate a natural unwinding of the nervous system and of trauma and as well as accessing the subconscious through inner child work and then um, I did some study in pre and perinatal psychology. So I look at the birth as well as like a foundational imprint of patterning. And what I ultimately came around to see was that this is, um, you know, how, how there's like germ theory and there's um, the focus on the infection. And then we started to understand more about the microbiome and more about the terrain. I started to see that there was also an energetic and emotional terrain and that every person who experiences Lyme has a different manifestation of it based on their history, their previous traumas, and places where they hold emotion. So um, it was so profound for me when I ultimately had a chronic Lyme patient on my table about maybe a year ago. This was a, such a turning point for me where I was able to see it for myself that I had something to give back. But 
Um, I worked on her energetically and emotionally, and I was doing unwinding at her heart center. And she saw the spirit keeps leave her body. And just like so many of them, it overwhelmed her. So it showed me that, that again, there's this energetic and emotional terrain that they inhabit. And there's, there's an intelligence to, to those beings. That's such a, like, it sounds like such fulfilling work. And it's so interesting after having the path that you've had to then be able to, like, help people in the same realm and just help people in general. Um, that sounds really cool. Do you, um, do you like have a website? How do you work with people? Yeah. Um, I have a website. It's just my name. It's Dana Penenberg.com. And, uh, I offer remote sessions either by phone or zoom. And then also now opening up some more hands-on and I have an office here in LA um, yeah, and then I, I've um, been pursuing my doula certification, so I'm, so I'm mm. doing births as well, trying to bring this work to the whole pregnancy, birth, and postpartum process. I love that. I saw that on your Instagram, actually. I was looking at it earlier today. So, um, Anna, when is, I don't think we mentioned it, but when is your book releasing? It's releasing on July 7th. In Ooh, two so weeks. soon. Yeah. <laughs> That's so exciting. Are you excited? <laughs> yeah, really excited. It's been like, you know, a long journey of living, then writing. And um, now we're, we're enjoying being a, at sometimes a, a duo together on podcasts and mm. sharing, sharing the mother-daughter story and also... Sometimes we work together. Mm. Um, I have a background in infant developmental um, work. And ah. um, so we've combined our skills uh, sometimes with families and children, babies. And uh, so that's been good. And we've also worked on each other, which has been like a really special discovery in this phase that we're in now. So, um, yeah, it's been great. What is, um, what are some of the ways that you work on each other or together, just like in general? I, I do a lot of um, inner child work in the way that, that I've sort of developed from working on myself and from, honestly, the years of helping Dana uh even during really severe symptoms, just kind of, you know, work with her emotions and focus her mind and, um, you know, kind of get to the root of what is the irritation on that level and what needs healing. And, you know, overall, I wanted to say this when Dana was talking that, um, you know, Lyme disease and probably many other conditions that, come into your system and find a way to use the weaker pathways that you've created, um, you know, is the immune system. And the immune system really is who we are on so many levels. It's not just a system in the body. It's how we kind of energetically engage with our physical body. And um, so the strength of the immune system also needs the ongoing sort of uh, moving forward of your emotions and releasing beliefs that have um, come in to your system and patterns in your childhood and helped you, but really are no longer useful because they inhibit you now. And so discovering those little places and those, those sentences of like, wow, I didn't know I, I really thought that. Mm. You know, and I'm operating out of that somewhere. Um, so those are, those are some of the things that I do in working with someone to, to transform and to, to deal with various levels of trauma. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, trauma has a big spectrum, you know, it can just be something that happened and was sudden. It could be something very old and very systemic as a, you know, a, the way it operated in your childhood. It can be from an illness. You know, one of the things about this journey that we've been on is that the illness itself, not the physical condition, but the whole having a life that changed over illness is, has its own healing to be done. And the first time Dana worked on me, um, she was learning and practicing and she decided it would be good to, to work on me. And um, we both just unwound some, some major stuff about having shared this scary time. And so we were both crying and we both got how, you know, how sad that was and how, how scary. And that was really helpful that we could actually have this mirrored healing mm -hmm. with each other. I remember that and I started to understand then the way that our energetic fields overlap and create those like family constellations and that I, or the shared field that I could feel that when I was releasing things in her, they were also releasing through me. Mm. And so I know that some practitioners like to have boundaries about who they work on, whether they work on family or not. And I sort of, there were times where I had to set that boundary, but then there were other times where I was like, wow, this is the real work that needs to be done through all of us so that we can find liberation, you know, with each other. And I'm, meaning I work on my mom and my sister as well because we were all affected by what happened. Um, and then when I, we were studying pre-perinatal psychology together with Annie Brooke, with her course. And uh, during that experience, my mom took me through my subconscious and somatically through my birth trauma and so we have, it's been so profound to kind of rebirth each other. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know how many mother-daughter, you know, dynamics, how many mothers and daughters can say that. But I feel like, you know, feel very lucky that we can share that with each other and experience that together. Yeah, I I don't <laughs> I have never heard that before and I think that that's so that's such a like it's such a cool way to be able to heal and work through things together especially like you said in something that was so intertwined between both of you obviously. So um so yeah, that's that's so interesting. I don't fully understand what it means to rebirth. <laughs> like what is that what does that mean? Well, the patterns that get set, you know, birth is often considered a, a trauma. A lot happens. Hopefully it goes well, everybody's fine. But there, it is one of the human natural processes that is the most, uh, we, when we look at it in, in terms of movement and tension flow, it is the highest, those contractions of birth are the highest tension you'll ever have in your body for women. Mm -hmm. And um, and then for the baby as well, and there's a lot of um, you know it's it's a mutual effort in the birthing canal. If if you're cesarean, that doesn't happen. Other things happen. Um, that'll set you up in a certain way, unless there's you know someone like Dana at the birth doing cranial work and getting everybody back in. <laughs> um, and so those patterns like. Uh, Dana had a very uh, speedy birth in the end. Um, she came out in an hour. And mm. so she was always like, her thing was like, you know, we got to, I'm tying my shoes for five minutes. That's what's happening. You know? <laughs> and she just slowed things down because there was this, she didn't want to be rushed. Mm. And in some ways that's her personality and that's her style, but it's also was a bit of the birth patterning. Mm. where something very fast happened to her. Yeah, was. and when you kind of, when you're guided into those places through your subconscious and somatically, like when my mom 
brought me back as she guided me i could feel then what my body did with that in that moment that i um i felt which where the trauma was held i felt that my body contracted and that i dissociated and so i was able to go back to the source and unwind that and open up again and reestablish safety which then you know affects my experience of life now and a lot of times people will come in and have this laundry list of symptoms and um you can go in and chip away experience by experience or trauma by trauma um you know where things were exasperated but i really like to streamline things i like to get to the source and a lot of times i can source it back to birth you know the pattern kind of continued to repeat and manifest throughout life when things got stressful but you can source a lot of it by that initial birth trauma that's so interesting and it's not something i feel like a lot of people think about is that like trauma with birth i mean maybe mothers <laughs> probably mothers but maybe not so much thinking about it from the other end either too that's so interesting so is there anything or how would be the best way for both of you if people wanted to get your book if they wanted to connect with either of you how would they be able to do so well, I have a website, AnnaPennenberg.com, and uh, my book is there on the book page, and there's reviews and where you can buy the book, and we have a trailer mm. to watch, and uh, it's on Amazon right now, pre-order for the next two weeks, and then you'll just, it'll be sent to you. Um, and uh, how about you, Dana? Yeah, my website, again, is DanaPennenberg.com, I also have an Instagram page at integrative underscore energetics. And so, yeah, you can uh, contact me through the website or find my email, um, get in touch with me that way if you'd like to do some healing work or have assistance at your birth. I love that. Is there anything else that we missed or that you want to make sure that the listeners of the podcast know? just really grateful to have this book be shared with people and have a, uh, an experience that you can dive into and um, get some support for transforming in your life. Yeah, I'm also just, I'm really grateful that the story now has a place and that you know, people can benefit from it. It was a very lonely and scary time for us both. And, um, it was a different time where, where things were more mysterious than they are now, but uh, I'm really grateful for the opportunity for you know, this experience and this story to benefit others and to have these spaces to share it. Yeah, thank you. Of course. Thank you both for being on today. I'm so excited for the listeners to hear about this and to grab your book and to work with you guys. I just, I think that they're going to love this episode. So thank you so much for being on today. Thank you, Jesse. It was a pleasure. Of 